Hey, BBs, to freeze time and hold a record of our mid-20s thoughts and feelings, we wanted to answer a series of questions, share our current thoughts, and save this episode as a little time capsule for us to open in five years to see if any of our perspectives have changed. So join us as we answer some comfy and some uncomfy questions. Hi, Hannah. I'm going to say hey, uncomfy pregunta. All right, let's hear it. Current insecurities. We start in raw here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, this is a very general one, and I can go into detail if you would like for me to. But (laughs) physically, I've always been insecure about my body. Like, Mm. I feel like I've never been skinny enough or curvy enough, which is like, what the hell they're like two different things mm-hmm. um i hate how body shapes can come in and out of trend because mm-hmm. you know in the 90s it was popular to be like very supermodel thin mm-hmm. and then in 2000 in the 2010s and now it's like oh big booty you know small waist slim thick that's like all the rage right now and this is so toxic for me to see because i tend to hold myself to those beauty trends and like those beauty standards which is ridiculous because bodies come in all shapes and sizes and they're beautiful in any way shape or form and the fact that different body shapes are trendy or not trendy just shows that they're beautiful across any span of time Mm -hmm. um and uh, if we want to get into details i got a flat booty girl (laughs) and there's a (laughs) you keep saying that i think I think you could look good in jeans. I don't know. You haven't you seen me in like six months. <laughs> you are three months. She's what? she's not doing so well. She's been at a desk job for like almost three years, sitting down every day. She doesn't get a lot of steps. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can I recommend a bubble butt workout that I've been trying yes. last week? Yes. I will link it to you later, but it's basically only like 10 minutes and you feel the burn. I don't know if my butt's been getting more shaped or sculpted, but it's worth okay. a try. And it just, Wait, who's the instructor slash? Is it like on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Um, her name is Daisy Keach. Daisy Keach something. Oh, okay. I feel like I might have seen oh. her tutorial before, but I'll give it a try. I'll give it yeah, a try. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll link it to you later. Or maybe we'll link it in the description. For yeah. <laughs> Anybody need a big a booty workout? <laughs> But um, yeah, I'd say physically, that's like my biggest insecurity, just not having a very curvaceous body shape. Um, oh, it's girl, all good. <laughs> girl, I think you're curvy. I mean, girl, no, I'm like straight up and down. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I totally relate. I've always been insecure about my body too, because I, I feel like, I don't know if you experienced this, but for me, it's so hard to lose weight in my legs. Like mm. they, it ebbs and flows really easily by how much calories I eat. And it's such a hard <laughs> tug of war because I love to eat, but I, sometimes I don't know how to, I don't know when to stop. And then the next day I feel so lethargic and I hate myself, yeah. even though that's like totally okay to have those days where, you know, fuck it. Like I, I want that bag of Cheetos or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm like the same way. Um, but with my stomach, it just, it just <laughs> holds on to weight and it's genetics. It, it, nothing I can do about it. 
I tried Chloe Ting for like three months. It didn't do much. So <laughs> okay, this isn't to call out Chloe Ting, but I I haven't really done her workouts this past year. When the pandemic first started, I was doing it pretty regularly, but mm-hmm. I didn't really see many changes. Girl, I'll link yeah. you to all these different YouTubers I've been trying out. Maybe. Pamela Reef's workouts. I don't know if you've tried hers. Hers are so hard. On another level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, going along with like physical, I'm insecure about how stinky my hair gets. <laughs> like maybe because I wash my hair every day because I usually work out every day, but girl is stinky by like, the fifth hour and I'm not even (laughs) sweating but it's just like the natural aroma oh girl you don't want to be like taller than me because you can just smell it oh my god my hair gets stinky too I feel like (laughs) I don't know what it is maybe I'm using the wrong shampoo or I wash it too frequently you know like the Mm -hmm. I extract all the oils and then it I don't know some scientific thing happens (laughs) yeah I feel you. I um, have similar and different problems. I get the same way. My hair gets oily so quickly and then it just like becomes odorous. And then at the same time, I also have a very sensitive scalp that I'm pretty sure I have like scalp psoriasis or something, but it gets so flaky if I don't use medicated shampoo, like like insanely flaky. I don't don't even want to describe it in (laughs) greater detail because it's kind of nasty it's like how can something be so oily yet uh-huh. so dry at the what? same time the body yeah, is com- yeah it's a it's a wonder it's like the you know combination skin on the face like yeah t- oh my t-zone is so oily and then in the winter like my chin or around my lips it's like it's like snake skin shedding it's disgusting <laughs> yeah our bodies are are a mystery <laughs> no but hey we we gotta love it through thick and thin fat or skinny oily or dry everything in between exactly it's a beautiful temple um but what other insecurities do you experience hannah ah we're gonna get deep here Mm -hmm. i am very insecure about disappointing people and also disappointing myself so yeah i have really like bad cases of imposter syndrome where Mm -hmm. i feel like no matter what my accomplishments are, I still feel like I can and I need to do better. I can't take praise at all because, and this is going to make me sound so crazy and insecure, but I can't take praise from people at work. I want to clarify that because in my mind, um, people are giving me praise because they pity me and they feel bad for me. And they're like, oh, we need to give her something to cheer her up. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Really? Isn't that toxic? <laughs> oh, my gosh. They keep going. Yeah, well, I want to say that this is only in my professional life. Like, I'm definitely not this insecure around, like, friends or family. (laughs) Uh Um, But I think that it becomes so heightened at work because I see so many successful and smart and, like, really brilliant people around me at work. Mm -hmm. So it just is really easy to compare myself to them and be like, well, I'm not them, so why do I deserve praise, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Girl, people just like to hype themselves up. And it, this goes back to our previous, which episode was it? I forget. But talking <laughs> about how it's harder for us to talk about our accomplishments or get recognized. I mean, even even when you're, you're in the spotlight, I feel, I feel bad. Like, 
oh my, like, I just don't like that attention or I don't want to be highlighted, but I also want to be recognized for my accomplishments. So maybe it's like, maybe you're not used to it. Maybe Mm -hmm. ah, that's not it, but girl, you are awesome. You are accomplished Mm -hmm. as other people. I think some individuals at work are just flashier than others. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that you also don't have your own accomplishments. And I feel like an accomplishment is an an accomplishment, no matter how big or small. And sometimes that means like getting out of bed, making your bed, like that's that's an accomplishment in itself for many people in this world. Yeah. And I feel like that it can be very toxic at work when you only recognize accomplished, oh my gosh, accomplishments (laughs) when it's like tied to a lot of revenue being driven or ex clients being impacted or whatever it is. Yeah, that's so true. And like, I've thought about this a lot and tried to put a reason to why I feel this way sometimes at work. And I feel like it's because I've never been promoted, Mm. right? Because like when, before I landed this job, I basically switched jobs in order to get like a pay raise, but I've never been formally promoted. And so that lack of validation from my employer maybe is the Mm -hmm. reason why these thoughts and feelings come out. Okay. Well, we're going to manifest by the fall time. Um, Hannah's going to get promoted. So yeah. And Heidi too, because we work at the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Tune back in the fall. We're going to manifest this because you are very hardworking and deserve to be promoted. And the right employers will notice that. So by the fall time, we shall see. Thanks, girl. Yeah. But I definitely relate to like the insecurity of disappointing yourself and others. Like I'm insecure about never being, quote, successful in the eyes of my family. And like insecure about people thinking I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing my best. And I'm such a type A person with high expectations of myself. So I become insecure when the version of my best self or best work is not at the same level or caliber of what other people expect of me. Cause mm-hmm. then at that point it makes me feel helpless because that was my best. And I don't know how else you wanted me to like show up or bring myself to work. If that makes sense. It does make sense, but it's also like, that's their job to give you better guidelines on what like good <laughs> amazing work looks like right I mean yeah true yeah but I, I resonate with that as well like it's so success looks different for mm-hmm. different people right and um, if other people are looking at you and being like oh she's not doing her best like how do they know what your best is you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so those were our insecurities physical and non-physical And we're going to get into some more kind of depressing or sad questions. Uh, Heidi, what are you worried about right now as of uh, 2022? Uh, I'm worried about my parents aging. Oh, that's a big one. I know. It's so scary to think that my dad is nearing the age of 70. Oh my gosh. Like he's a grandpa. I don't have grandkids for him. (laughs) (laughs) You better that, get on that soon. I know, right? You <laughs> popping babies out. I got no mate to pop it out with. <laughs> like, <laughs> and my mom is like well into her 60s. LOL, like, sorry, mom and dad, for revealing your ages. But <laughs> I think 
no matter how independent I think I am, and I think I'm pretty independent, like that doesn't prepare me for the day when the people that I love are taken away from me. Like no one can expect or prepare for that. Um, So that's just scary. And then also with like logistics, it scares me to have to think about how can I help my parents continue to live a comfortable lifestyle physically with integrity when we live in like a two-story home and there we have stairs, but one day they're not going to be comfortable going up and down those stairs, like going up to take a shower and then coming down to like the kitchen to cook. Like these little Mm -hmm. logistical items makes me think like, oh my gosh, I should probably start thinking about like, I don't know, like, do we move into a one-story home or do I find like a nursing home for them? Or like, do they live with me? It's, it's scary to think about. Um, yeah. Or like, do I door dash groceries for them when I don't trust them to drive outside because I don't, they might miss a car and then knock on wood, things happen. (laughs) Yeah. Those things are, I mean, it's scary to think that we're at an age where we're even considering those things for Mm. our parents, because in my mind, like I always remember my parents as like the people who knew everything and like yeah. I could always rely on, but now that it's it's looking like they will have to start relying on us soon. Yeah. It's just another transition and, and all transitions are are scary. But yeah. plus one to that, like thinking about your parents and your loved ones getting older mm-hmm. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um when I was in my preteens, my mom got sick and my dad had a conversation with me that like there's a possibility that she was not going to make it. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like nine or eight oh my God. before the double digits. I was quite young. So ever since then, I feel like I've avoided thinking about death because yeah. you, I just don't want, why, why, why would I think about that? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. very avoidant. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that too. Now that we're talking about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's, it's like a double-edged sword because if you don't think about it, I mean, you're being ignorant, but when you think yeah. about it, then you don't enjoy the present. So, so someone tell me like, how much should we think about it? How much should we prepare for it? I feel you go. Mm-hmm. I feel you. For me, I, I'm worried selfishly about myself getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> and like how I'm going to mentally cope with that uh, for two reasons. Number one, I'm vain AF. And mm-hmm. ever since I hit like 23 or 24, I always think about the fact that like our bodies are continuously deteriorating. My skin is losing collagen and elasticity by the minute. Um, and like, I'm worried that, you know, you once we hit our prime and we don't even know when that prime moment is and it's all downhill from there, it's like, something that I'm trying to work through because it's not a very healthy mindset. And the second reason I'm worried about getting older is I feel like if I'm not accomplishing enough with my time and I'm, you know, 30 or 35 or even older than that, I'm scared that I'm going to look back at my life with regrets or feel like I didn't do enough with my time. So this is the thought that gets my ass up after work and forces me to be productive. Whereas when I was in my early twenties and like when you're young, you feel like indestructible. You're like, nothing is going to hurt me. So you feel fine. Just like 
lying around, wasting time, doing whatever. Once you get older, you realize how precious time is. I agree. Aging, being older, growing older. Uh, like I, I like to tell myself that there is beauty and being older or like getting old. But like you said, it's inevitable to think about, wow, I'm going to get wrinkles on my skin. Like someday my mm-hmm. knees are going to give out on me. I'm not going to be able to run as much as mm-hmm. I want to run or I can't, I don't know. I like, you can't do the things that you used to do such as like when we were kids, I don't know, we could play with like Play-Doh or stuff like that. But and when you're in that moment, you don't know the time frame of that you have to do certain activities. So it's like, yeah, until the time has passed, then, you know, like, oh, I had it's to over. Get that then. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I feel like a part of, um, a part of dealing with this and being okay with it comes with age. Like people, I've heard people in their thirties say like, I've never been more confident and more sure of myself and as happy as I am right now. And another comforting thought is the fact that everyone is going to go through this. Like the people who are young now are going to be old one day. And the people that are old now were once young. So it's like, it's a universal experience and we shouldn't worry too much about when it's going to happen to us. Yeah, everyone has their chance to live it up whatever age they're at. I like that. Mm -hmm. Moving on to perhaps more lighthearted question. What's your controversial opinion, Hannah? It could be anything. Yeah, the okay. I have I had a few that I debated sharing with, but uh, I think I'm going to go with this one and that is <laughs> <laughs> Aritzia is like Brandy Melville for adults, and I mean okay. that in a, a non-positive way. I think Aritzia is uh not worth the money. Don't uh-huh. come for me, Aritzia girls. Um it's just so it's expensive. I'm kidding. <laughs> If Aritzia can prove to me that they're worth the money, like my opinion could be swayed. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I like every time I go into an Aritzia store, like I'm not drawn to buy any of their things. Yeah. Um, except for this coat I saw once, but it was like literally $400. I was not Ooh. ready to commit to that. But like, that's the only thing I've ever seen that I'm like, yes, I would buy that. It's worth the money. Yeah. Wait, question. Why is Aritzia so expensive? Does it follow ethical supply chain practices or sources? No, I'm I'm fairly certain Aritzia is still considered fast Fast fashion. fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There was one time Hannah and I went into Aritzia. We wandered through the entire store and there's, there was nothing that we both wanted to try on. Like (laughs) I was not drawn to anything. Yeah. Like I tried on a pair of their like really popular leather pants once. I think it's called the Molina pant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It looks so bad on me. I'm sure it looks great on other people, but like, I, I don't know. Aritzia and me, we do not mesh. Oh my goodness. What about you? What's your controversial opinion? Well, I'm doing like a 180 degree here. <laughs> this mine's about bodily fluids. All right, let's um, hear it. Okay. I strongly think that peeing in the shower is totally she okay. She said strongly. Yeah. Like I, because I do this every, every time I shower, like, okay. I know scientifically there are reasons as to why we should not pee in the shower, but 
I mean, I, I can't see the Where's negatives. Where's the evidence? Where's the research? Okay, they're Bring saying- out the publications. Yeah, there's, I read an article one time saying that the sound of your pee will promote your bladder to pee more. Like you'll have less control over your bladder, something like that, because it has like a waterfall effect. I'm not explaining this correctly. (laughs) This does not make sense. But anyways, it's like, yeah, why are people so against it? It's, It's almost equivalent to say you want to fart. But people are saying, oh, you should pull down your pants to fart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait. Yeah, I could see that analogy. Like, Mm -hmm. no one was like, oh, I really need to fart. But like, I can't I can't put the smell in my pants. I got to pull down my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not arguing with you there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay yeah people are gonna think i'm gross but no that's no, no my i'm with you opinion. <laughs> i agree peeing in the shower is okay uh-huh. um i have done it since i was a, a gal yeah young gal exactly and uh you know you're in the shower to get clean you know as long as you're not doing a number two in the shower it's like yeah exactly yep. yeah don't don't do number twos in the showers then uh, then then that's that can get pretty controversial <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Oh man, we—I feel like we've exposed ourselves a little bit. <laughs> but Heidi, next yes. question for you is: What are your thoughts on social media? Oh, girl, I got some thoughts. I I got some good and negative thoughts. Mostly okay. good. Um, if I were to put numbers on my thoughts on social media, I would say twenty-five percent of the time I love it, and seventy-five percent of the time. I don't because I don't like how social media back in the day when I had it made me strive to take like the perfect picture whenever I was on a trip or wanted to post an event. Like I didn't like the expectation that I could only post beautiful pictures on my feet, even though I know you don't really have to, like some people have a natural feed and I love that, but the beautify like I, I like beautiful things. And I feel like that translated to how I wanted to portray my life, even though that's so fake and wrong. So I essentially don't like the person I become when I have social media, because it was also a subconscious activity for me to wake up and then check social media and open the apps whenever I was bored. So I didn't mm-hmm. like that habit of mine. So ever since I deactivated my Instagram account, I would say that I have zero regrets. And people say that, oh, if you don't have like Instagram or Facebook or whatever, like, how do you keep in touch with your friends? And I always say like the friends that I really want to keep in touch with, they'll have my phone number, my actual digits, and they will text me or call me instead of DMing me when I post a post. Like that doesn't seem as genuine to me. Like that's not really catching up with me. You feel me? Yeah, I feel um social media I've been quote unquote off social media for a long time in the sense that I haven't posted anything or even gone on my like my normal social Instagram account in in years I haven't posted since 2018 and I never check it but ever since launching this podcast we've been or I've 
been more active on social media, keeping up with our podcast, Instagram, and interacting with other creators out there. And I think social media is really great in moderation. Um, I feel like I'm able to reconnect with old friends that I haven't talked to or texted in a long time. And in some way, I feel like Instagram and social media is a more accessible way to text, right? So you know how phone calls are kind of weird for millennial and Gen Z. They're like, a lot of people have phone call anxiety. And if someone calls them, they assume that it's like something bad or something serious. Um, I feel like texting is kind of turning into that form of like phone call for a lot of young people because it's just so much more casual and easy to DM or respond to a story. And to your point, Heidi, because it's so easy to do that, it could come off as like less intentional and like less meaningful or impactful. So I think it's okay in moderation. Um, I do have a Finsta that I use a lot more than my normal hey. account. Hey. <laughs> and like the thing with my Finsta is I don't follow people that I know because like I feel like when I follow people I know and I see what they're up to on a daily basis, it's so easy to fall into this trap of comparison. Like, yeah. oh, they're on vacation. Why am I not on vacation? When yeah. I anonymize my Finsta and I follow people that I don't know, Mm-hmm. I am less inclined to compare myself to them because I'm like, who is this person? It's mm-hmm. just someone whose pictures I think are aesthetic or like someone who I think is really funny. Yeah, especially during that time when we first moved to LA, at least for me, I really tried to limit my Instagram intake. I think I w- at that time I was dwindling, dwindling down my time on so maybe I would check it five minutes a day in the morning mm-hmm. because like you said, you, you see posts of like our friends after college, like they're living their best life in the city or wherever they, they were. And then for me, like I had no friends. Like I didn't really feel like I belonged in a new city. So like you said, like the comparison factor was more elevated and I just felt shitty afterwards. And Instagram never makes me feel better after going on it, unless we were going on our podcast account yeah that, that I will say it's been a difference <laughs> and I enjoy yeah. and I enjoy going on it Heidi we talked about some of our insecurities so kind of in a similar vein if you could change one of your physical characteristics which one would it be and why girl I would change my hair I feel like I have such thin hair that when it gets to a certain length like when it gets too long, it makes me look so flat <laughs> and lifeless. Mine too. Mine too. Yeah, it's just something about something about straight hair. When it's not textured, it, it's very hard to make it look like voluminous. You know, mm-hmm. has a lot of life to it. I'm I'm also just afraid that my hair is going to start thinning faster than I think because I think genetically, my mom she has very thin hair right now, and she you know got some spots. So. I worry that by the time I'm 35 or 40, I'm going to have like thinner hair. And it's, I just think like hair is a woman's haven. Like if you have a good hair day, that is a game changer. And it just overflows into your confidence. Like you just feel yourself. You feel cute and you look cute. Hair is everything. (laughs) Yeah. That's why a lot of women feel so emotionally attached to their hair like I have definitely cried and sobbed (laughs) over a bad haircut um like if if it gets cut too short or if it's not a style that I like it's I don't know it's it's so important for 
a lot of women. I, f- I feel like guys don't think of it as important. Yeah. Guys' hair that grows out in like two weeks. I'm like, that's not fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say though, for like thinning hair or hair mm-hmm. health in general, mm-hmm. my recommendation is to take biotin. It's really helped Ooh. with like my hair regrowth. And although it doesn't help with any hair loss, uh-huh. um, it does make your hair grow faster and, and um, promotes new growth. And I would know this because I obsessively would take biotin after a really bad haircut. Oh my <laughs> Wait, so it's a vitamin? or It's like a, a vitamin, serum? yes. Okay. Vitamin. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. B-I-O-T-I-N, biotin. Okay. <laughs> for, for our listeners that also don't want thinning hair take biotin from hannah yeah <laughs> what would you change though hannah i would change my height um i've always i'm five two or uh, 157 and a half centimeters oh wow okay <laughs> so I, um yeah so i'm really short and i i've always wished that i was a couple inches taller mm-hmm. the short girl struggles are endless and a mm-hmm. lot of it has to do with not being able to buy clothing without having it like tailored or hemmed first like with dresses are always floor length dresses are always like Hard. way too long pants are always way too long I have to like get petite sizing and everything mm-hmm. um we're just like if I were just a couple inches taller I could just buy whatever pants I wanted right. um yeah so I've, I've come to terms with the fact that this is the tallest I'll ever be I'm only gonna get shorter from here due to shrinkage oh my goodness okay I have a Blogilates, like wall, um, upper body lengthening workout. I personally haven't done it myself, but I honestly seen it. Yeah, maybe you've seen it. Yeah, working from home, being on our phones is just not good. Like we're constantly, you know, angled down, and I feel like our overall posture is just. Damn, we're gonna shrink ten years faster than we're we are supposed to shrink due to just like sitting on our booties all day so yeah it sucks you know I think we need to get standing desks <laughs> I think so too whenever I move out I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a standing yeah, desk we're gonna get a standing desk uh but what about non-physical characteristics what would you change I think I would change how pessimistic I am and and make myself more of an optimist mm-hmm. um a lot of the times I feel like I don't realize I how good I have certain things until it's over. Mm-hmm. Like when I when we were in LA, I was always focused on like, oh, I'm, you know, in a new city. I don't know anyone. It sucks because I don't know anyone. When I I look back at it and now I'm like, I was in a new city. Yeah. There, it was beautiful weather. There's a like so much city, to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like, but when I was there, all I could focus on was like the traffic is bad, like mm. all the negatives. And I do have a tendency to look back at things through like rose colored lenses and overlook the bad things as I'm looking back. But then when I'm in the present, I overlook all the good things. So I wish I could change that about myself and just appreciate everything in the moment. Plus one. Um, For non-physical characteristics, I don't like to admit this, but I it's very true. But I think I'm a pretty jealous person in a professional way I would say I've gotten better at shifting my thought processes so I'm not as jealous but the first minute of like reaction to news I can't help but be instinctively jealous and then I turn the knob way down and then relevel myself for example Mm -hmm. like the other day my mom was telling me how (laughs) we had 
we have a family friend, family friend's daughter who is doing her full-time MBA at the University of Chicago. This smart boss woman got like an MBA internship at Google in San Damn. Francisco. And so like when I hear, hear the news, it goes back to this insecurity part where we talked about earlier, like me not feeling successful enough. The first moment when my mom told me, I was like, wow, my mom probably is wishing that her daughter was this person, <laughs> but I can't help but like be in that mindset. So I want to foster a more non-comparative mindset because comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like that's a very normal human reaction to have because those are things that we want for ourselves. Like, mm. you know, like we don't have our MBAs, like we, we, we're needing to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a normal reaction, but still a good thing to know about yourself. Thanks girl for validating my feelings. Okay, next question. What makes you think someone is a good person? Well, this might not be a 100% accurate indicator, but like if I were to meet a person that I've never known before, Uh I think if I see that person smiling and laughing often and genuinely and making eye contact with people that they're talking to or people that are talking to them, Mm-hmm. That makes me feel like they could be a good person. Oh, yeah. And like, I get the, that. yeah, like if I see them doing those things, like smiling and laughing and also like looking at somebody in the eyes, it mm-hmm. makes me think that they're happy on the inside. Like that's why they're always laughing and smiling and that they care about listening to other people or, or that they're like attentive and they you know listen to the details because they're making eye contact and like listening intently. Yeah, yeah I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel. People have resting bitch faces. Too many people have resting bitch faces. Me. <laughs> just, just smile. And then the worst case scenario, they don't smile back. Well, hey, you're at least you're burning calories with your mouth mm-hmm. smiling. So, <laughs> yeah. but I, I agree. Um, I would also say, you know, whenever you hang out with a group of people, there's always someone who looks out for other people. And I feel like, yes, th- this is you, Hannah, or like, no, they make no, sure, me. girl, yes, they make sure that no one is left behind or will wait for someone, even if it means that they have to stay behind to keep the other person company. Like Hannah did this for me when the one time we went out <laughs> when we were in LA, I had, uh, I drank too many shots too quickly like in the car ride, I was already feeling like I was going to be out um, <laughs> and, I, and I needed like a second to just regroup my ass, but <laughs> Hannah was on the floor with me. Yeah, I was <laughs> chilling. I remember this actually. Ooh, that was a yeah, you pulled yourself together real quick. That, that was very Yeah, impressive. I just needed a second. <laughs> I totally agree with this. Plus one to this, seeing that person in a group that's kind of like the mom or like mom. is attentive yeah. of everybody else like who's feeling okay who's you know tired or whatever it makes me happy to see someone taking not okay taking care is the wrong word like bad connotation but someone who's attentive like that yeah so yeah, yeah. be aware of their surroundings and i don't know just think about like empathetic empathetic yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah. what else you got for me though what else makes you think someone's a good person when someone is appreciative and grateful for what they have and they say it they always show their gratitude um 
maybe it's just like them being self selfless, but I love it when, even if maybe someone is telling me like how bad their day is, they always end it on something good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's not to minimize like our first world problems, but just knowing that there are people out there that have it way worse, unfortunately. And yeah. sometimes all you have to do to make yourself feel better is to recognize what you do have rather than what you do not have or what you're lacking. What about so you? So true. Well, I think that's just like, that's just self-awareness, right? Self-awareness mm-hmm. that no matter how bad your day is, you're, you're still in a better position than like a lot of other people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. plus one to that. Um, I think I can tell when someone's a, a decently good person when I don't see them gossiping that much or like talking mm-hmm. badly about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, if they like have something bad to say, they do it in a non-judgmental and like a mostly constructive way. Um, like to be transparent, I have cut a few people out of my life in college because they were like constantly gossiping or complaining or just like, in general talking shit about other people yeah. and not just like a few people it's like at least five or more people oh, yes. um and like as as a friend i'm here to hear you vent about life and mm-hmm. vent about other people um, who are you know annoying or whatever but mm-hmm. when it becomes the focal point of every conversation or if i just met someone and they're already speaking badly about either our mutual friends or like people in their life it just kind of makes me reconsider the type of person that they are. And it makes me worry that they just say the same crap behind my back. You you feel me? Girl, I feel (laughs) those people are dangerous. And I'm glad you have, like, you were able to cut them off because they're, what is it? What's the phrase? Like, they're not adding value to their life. They're only draining Mm -hmm. you by putting this bad energy into your mind. And you're like soaking it in, even though like, there's a difference in like venting, um, like talking shit about multiple people is probably a deeper layer to them that um, is not good. (laughs) Hey, BBs, a mid-episode break to say thank you for still tuning in. If you are enjoying this week's episode, please give us a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a review or send us a voice message. All right, back to the episode. Heidi, what are your current thoughts on kids? Oh, kids, you love them and you hate, I don't want to say hate them. (laughs) No, it's okay. I hate some kids. (laughs) Perhaps I'm not hitting the baby, not baby, baby fever yet, but kids are such a gamble. I mean, probably the biggest gamble you can make or have in your life. And this is my pessimistic side coming out, but I can't help but think about all the quote, bad possibilities that can happen to my child and whether or not I'll have the love, the patience, emotional strength, the financial um, capacity to give them the life that they deserve or, or -hmm. even to continue the life that I would want with kids and not grow any resentment. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's a tricky situation. Like, do, do I, is the reward worth the risk? I'm not sure at this point. Um, but if I were to have kids, this is a little 
um, off, off the road, but I think I would want to try to allow or follow my child's passions. For example, I think Mm -hmm. the American school system of public and private schools is not the best way for every kid. Like if I know my kid is innately weird or, you know, they're a little more like chaotic in a good way or bad way, or in a way that has potential, I would want to send him or her somewhere that like fosters that craziness or creativity. Um, So because I feel like regular school, they like, they, it suppresses. They suppress it. Yeah. Yeah. You, they suppress your natural smarts and your intel- intelligence to conform you into this like box. And I just feel like we lose out on so many geniuses because of the routine and conformity of public schools. I love what you said about just like seeing what your kid is like and giving yeah. them the resources so that they can be their true self and still mm-hmm. flourish at the same time. What are are your thoughts on kids? Thanks, girl. Well, very similar to yours. uh, I also focus on all the things that could go wrong, but I am really curious to see what my kid would look like. So cute, Hannah. I don't know. Could be really (laughs) cute, could be really ugly, but I feel like regardless, I'll love them (laughs) either way. Um, A part of me is excited to nurture and Uh raise a kid. Oh. And, uh, I was almost going to make a comparison to pets, I'm going <laughs> to take mean, that comment back. Yeah, but I am excited to, to, to raise a kid, you know, with my future partner or whatever. 90% of me is worried about finances. Like what you said, like, am I going to be able to, number one, sustain a similar lifestyle or like standard of living that I have now? And also, am I going to be able to give my kid the resources, the access, the education that he or she needs um I always worry about how I could potentially like emotionally damage my kid with unintentional bad parenting the list goes on and on um but on the bright side I do feel like like we try to learn from our generational traumas and try to go forward to be a better parent with each generation like last episode we talked about you know our love language for words of affirmation was something that we didn't get a lot of growing up so like mm-hmm. if i were to have a child like that's something that i want to give more of as a parent mm-hmm. and um, my other thought on kid is i i want to be like super open super honest and super transparent with them i don't want them to feel like they need to hide anything from me whether it's like experimenting with drinking or relationships yeah. stuff like that like I feel like if you don't give them an open space to talk about it or explore that, they're just going to resort to more dangerous or riskier ways to learn about it, or they might just get misinformed. Um, So for me, that means that I need to work on controlling my emotions and not like go insane if my kid's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, um, hooked up with someone in my class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or like I failed my test. Like I need to be calm and be able to take everything with grace and elegance and (laughs) poise (laughs) yeah we're Hannah and I we were talking about this the other day but we we want to have those conversations with our kids like I I want to know who they think is cute in their class Mm -hmm. I want to meet them I want to be friends with their friends I don't want to say I want to be a MILF but (laughs) I want to be you probably would be though (laughs) the way you're working out if you continue your workout routine 
Like you're going to be hot. You're going to stay hot. Dude, you know, that reminded me of another thing of having kids. I'm afraid of like, yeah, like how my body will not be able to bounce back. Like that's like a big one. Postpartum. It's like depression. Mm -hmm. Like I, I hear and read so many bad stories of like child labor uh, c-sections or like taking the epidermal whatever the heck they take yeah okay yeah I clearly don't know I'm not ready to have <laughs> it's kids. okay you got some time you got at least like five years to do your research oh dear but, but that's so true like Jen M if you know mm-hmm. Jen M like she yeah. recently gave birth like six less than six months ago and like the way she talked about how her body changed like the recovery I don't want to get into too much details all I'm gonna say is like uh tearing you know it's just like I'm not mentally emotionally physically prepared to to do that but I'm sure when the time comes you know my body's gonna tell me you gotta you gotta get your shit together honestly I feel like this this might be a controversial opinion but if I had the dough I wouldn't mind hiring a surrogate. Yo. You know? Yes. Okay. I've literally told (laughs) multiple people in my life, like my goal in life is to get to a point where I can hire a surrogate to carry the baby with. I've literally told this to my mom and she's been like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Like it would be maybe less of a, I don't know. You you don't feel that body connection if you're not carrying the child yourself, but like Mm -hmm. that, that's so much trauma on your body. And wow, yeah. I sound evil now that I want, I'm basically saying like, I want to pay someone to carry that trauma <laughs> for me, but it's just, I don't know. It's scary. So I think it's, it's valid. It's another mm-hmm. gamble. I mean, some moms don't make it out alive. Then your partner will be like, you keep the baby, you keep the mother. And then there's yeah. guilt in both, both parties. <sighs> yeah. But anyways, okay. We'll move on from babies. <laughs> we, we can talk about our partners, relationships, learn. Yeah, let's get into that. Relationships. <laughs> okay, so Hannah, what are your dating red flags? Ear, ear, you know, things that make me go. Nope. I love the sound effects. We actually got a couple, so we'll probably alternate between what our various red flags are. Yeah. My first it. red flag is gaslighting. And for yes. those who are, are not familiar with what gaslighting is, uh, it's basically when your um, partner manip- or somebody manipulates you to think that you're going crazy for having certain thoughts or certain feelings. So for example, maybe your partner says something about your appearance or your body that upsets you. And when you try to talk to them about why it upset you, he or she tells you like you're being sensitive, you're being crazy, like don't think too much of it. That's gaslighting. And the reason why it's a red flag to me besides the fact that it's terrible. Um, if they're gaslighting you in the early dating stage, like, you know, there's little to no hope for conflict resolution later down the line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Point taken. Plus one. And this especially hurts when you are already a sensitive person. Mm-hmm. So having someone else be like, girl, stop being so emotional or sensitive. It's like, bitch, I know I'm sensitive. (laughs) Like you're highlighting my insecurities yet not validating my feelings because they should be validated. Yeah, exactly. Kicking you when you're down. I know. How rude. What's Um, your red flag? Yeah. Another one is 
I want to be with someone who is smarter than me. And one of the areas of smarts would, I would prefer it to be in like financial literacy. This may make me sound like a gold digger, but (laughs) (laughs) no, you're just a smart woman. No, (laughs) like if, if this man has no knowledge of financial literacy or no level of financial competency or financial behavior attitude, then that's a major red flag because it'd be hard for me to picture building a solid foundation or future with him. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when you get married, your assets become shared. Like it just becomes a very icky line of joint accounts or like joint equity and assets that, ah, oh, do I trust you? Like you could run off with all of my hard work and then I'm left with nada. So, yeah. You know what that reminds me of? Um, in Love is Blind season two, when uh-huh. Natalie and Shane are talking about finances. Oh my God. This man, he's like, I don't believe in 401ks. I know I believe in like taking risks. Why are we got to put our money into a 401k or buy a house? Which, I mean, if you feel that way, like you do you but I think if you're looking to be with somebody for the long term like yeah you got to be aligned in some way yeah. or another about your finances yeah I yeah I, I laughed so hard when I heard that me too and then like Natalie so um the the fiance on love is blind she was she apparently took it pretty uh pretty nicely she was like you know what because I'm in a more financial stable place like I can tolerate Oh, girl. I was like, girl, okay. I'm praying for her. Yeah, maybe five years down the line when he got no income coming in, mm, you might reevaluate, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what else you got for me, Hannah? Another red flag would be like someone who's not able to handle constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got no time for people with God complexes. Mm-hmm. We all have issues. And the way I see it is like if someone has the balls or the the courage, sorry, I shouldn't say balls, the courage <laughs> to bring it up to me, I'm going to listen to them. And I would expect that same um, from my partner. Like if I bring up something that I think they could do better, like I don't want to see them getting mad at me or. Yeah, or know. make excuses. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What about you? Another, Another red, red flag. flag, yeah, is if they have a bad temper or mm. raise their voice easily. It's like they're fire and I don't want to be playing with fire. And I think Ooh. this is because I grew up in a household where heated conversations happen pretty frequently, unfortunately. And I just don't tolerate that in my partner. And I wouldn't want to create that same type of environment for my kids. Um And it's not what you say, but how you say it, you know, like just take five minutes to recompose yourself. Tell me what you have to say and we'll have a better outcome than us shouting at each other or you raising your voice. And then that, that makes me shut down and then the conflict doesn't get resolved. That's so true. And that's like another way of how our environment Mm -hmm. that we saw growing up influences how we make decisions or how we see relationships in the future. So it's interesting. I also grew up in a household where I, I, it was just my dad. My mom is so chill. My dad has a tendency to like speak, speak like kind of loudly. He's not even mad. It's just like the way (laughs) some people talk. It just sounds really aggressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, another red flag, Dan, we really going through it with these red (laughs) flags. 
Uh, when he can't take care of himself, when he doesn't cook, when he doesn't clean, oh, or yeah. doesn't do basic household tasks, that's a big red flag for me. Because you know that if you enter into a long-term relationship with this person, or God forbid you you move in together, you're going to be doing all the mothering, all the cleaning, all the, like, everything. So, like, if I encountered someone like this in the present day, I wouldn't even consider progressing that relationship any further because it's just so hard to change people who are so used to certain habits. Like, I, I, I'd be out. I'm gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that... I agree. And that also goes to my other red flag. And this is sort of correlated, maybe not. But if he's a mama's boy, mm -hmm. overboard, that's not good. And that's probably, when he's too sheltered. Yeah, he's sheltered. His mom or dad probably took care of everything for himself, which is why he can't do his own laundry or can't cook an egg, whatever it is. Um, that's scary. And yeah. also, if he's a mama's boy, like I want to be able to know that if I were to get into an argument with his mom that he would take my side and support me. Like, I don't want to be on a, in a competition with his mom ever. And mm -hmm. that's valid. Boys, yeah. Um, okay. With our last red flag, and we could, we could do a whole episode on red flags, <laughs> but I'll, I'll make a quick. We could even do women red flags. It doesn't have to be guys. guys. You know? Sorry to the dudes <laughs> listening to this. Yeah. You let us know what your red flags are. Um, but in a date setting, if this person is rude to service workers mm -hmm. or make judgy comments, that's a red flag to me. Like, boy, humble yourself. You should go work in the service industry and see how hard it is because that is no joke and should not be judged for. <sighs> yeah. Okay. We, we got all our red flags out. We got more, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> so... Going back to this idea of kids, what would you want to teach your kids, your future kids? I think I would try to teach them that it's okay to be different mm -hmm. and it's okay to go against the grain, forge your own path, follow your own interests. Like just because all of your friends are doing one thing doesn't mean that you have to. Mm -hmm. um, like if my child was really good at music and wanted to go to music school, like I would 100% support that idea if yeah. you know they were decently good at it i'm, I'm not going to support it if they're <laughs> terrible <laughs> like i have to be realistic here you know <laughs> but like if it's something that they were genuinely passionate about like i'm 100 percent happy to support their endeavors mm -hmm. um i think the main trait i would want my kids to have is like a strong sense of self mm -hmm. just knowing what who they are and staying true to themselves and not letting other people like bully them into changing their opinion or changing their perspective on something. And I hope that their sense of self is honest, kind, and uh, not racist. So yeah. I hope I do a good job raising my kids. Girl, you will. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What about you? What do you want to teach your kids? Uh, humankind can be so ugly, mm -hmm. but so beautiful at the same time. It, life is filled with so much suffering and hardships yet at the same time with such pleasurable and beautiful moments but if you don't understand human nature or the the dark side of it like what greed can do to you what jealousy can do to you like all of that negative stuff like you may be living in ignorant bliss and 
sadly you could get hit like a truck when someone betrays you or something backfires Mm -hmm. on you. And so I guess the overall theme is like to have grit and have that resiliency to move past any challenge because life is hard. Like you're going to run into like mental issues, like challenges along the way. Um, You need to be able to pick yourself back up and be like, be able to stand on your own feet for you. Yeah. It's like that fine line between living in a fantasy world versus being Mm -hmm. overly pessimistic, like understanding the beauty of life, but also not being so naive to think that everybody's only going to want the best for you. Like there's a lot of snaky people people. out there who just want to use you and like benefit off of you. So that's a good one. What do you think, Heidi, makes a successful marriage? Oh, girl, like I know something about marriage. (laughs) (laughs) But this is my hypothesis. Love is a verb and not just a feeling. We're so caught up in the lovey-dovey feelings or what we see on Instagram, you know, the butterflies and honeymoon phase, but we don't give as much thought to actually doing life with the other person. Like there are going to be some really shitty days. And when it happens, you need like the positive outlook, the endurance, I almost want to say, to keep each other going. Like when you actively choose to believe in your partner and make actions to better the marriage, better yourself and better your partner, that's when the success rate will be higher, I want to say. And also if we're talking factual data, I heard this from Dave Ramsey. He said that the top four divorce reasons are misalignment in finances, how to raise kids, your in-laws, and religion. So I feel like Mm. if you have those four things aligned, then your success rate will be higher. That's interesting. I didn't realize it was those four things. Because like you would think that those are things that you would establish before entering the marriage anyway so interesting that they become yeah the reasons why people separate yep Mm -hmm. for me i think yeah i think um listening to listen Mm -hmm. rather listening to respond is going to help build a successful marriage i recently saw a clip from a movie called the breakup which is an older movie jennifer aniston is in it and this (gasps) movie yeah she you should watch it i haven't seen it but i might very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie really drove home this lesson for me because these, you know, she was in an argument with her spouse and the spouse wasn't even listening to her. He was just listening to her to come back with an interjection or just like fight back. So when you're talking to your partner or even arguing with them, listen to try and understand from their perspective rather than just listening so you can come up with like talking points or like ways to argue back and prove your point to be right. I think is a really important piece to any relationship. I agree. Yeah. I feel like most arguments come up because the other person isn't heard. Yeah. And like you said, like there's no common understanding of why someone feels a certain way and you're just coming up with a rebuttal point so that they're right. Or like they win the argument, like put down your ego. Like I need to tell myself that too. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to do that for sure. While we're on the subject of marriage, relationships, kids, <laughs> what would you say you want to work on right now in like the way you approach or the way you act in relationships? Oh, I want to work on containing my emotions and not letting it overflow at the wrong times. 
because I'm so emotional, sometimes I shut down when the weirdest triggers happen. And it's sometimes it's just, I can't explain it, Mm -hmm. but I want to have a better grasp of controlling it and then being able to articulate what it is that I'm feeling and why it made me feel that way. But sometimes it's just hard, but I know it's something that I should work on. Um, because boys can't read your mind. Like they're not that smart. You need to tell them what's wrong. Otherwise yeah. they're like, what, why are you crying? <laughs> like, what did I do wrong? Oh my God. <laughs> For I your do? sake, I hope you find a sensitive, empathetic man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Someone that's more patient than me. Yeah. How about you? Kind of the same, honestly. Like I, I want to be able to control my, my emotions because I let my bad moods affect how I treat people sometimes. And um, I am in a relationship right now. So my boyfriend, Joseph, is always, you know, sometimes on the receiving end of some harsh words or like dramatic outbursts, especially if I have like a tough day at work or if I'm, you know, fighting with my family. Um, It's hard to keep my emotions in check around other people and especially people that I'm close to when I have a lot on my mind. It's just like one small thing might make me cry or like lash out or act out in some sort of way. Yeah, I totally relate to that. Even like when we're living with our parents, when work gets so overwhelming and stressful, like when you have so many things to do. And then when I go out of my room to like quickly make lunch or something, and then my mom's like coming from homework, like all dilly dally, like happy. And she's like, oh, like, what are you going to have for work? And I'm just like, like what the fuck like (laughs) I'm guilty of the exact same thing yeah but I'm like oh my gosh like Heidi like you're so freaking rude like your mom is just trying to make sure you you she has no context to what's been going on in our days (laughs) yeah so it's like oh I should just lock myself in my room but it's hard like you don't know what people are going through even just like in meetings I feel like we're always putting on a front. Like people, when people are like, how's your day been? Good. 99% of the time. Yeah. People are like, oh, it's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's good. We should just be honest. Next time someone asks our, how our day is going, just be like, actually, it's going really horribly. Like I'm really struggling yeah. today. I feel yeah. like that kind of transparency would be really appreciated because no, not everyone. I'd say like 90% of people are having a tough day mm-hmm. or like a really busy, stressful day. Yeah. That's why whenever people are like, oh, I'm okay. Cause like, then it's like, oh, okay. You don't sound yeah. okay. Then you, I appreciate when people are like, oh, like what's, what's going on versus like, oh, okay. Next. Like <laughs> they don't really take the time to empathize with you. Yeah. But anyway, what do you wish women would stop doing and men should stop doing? I'll, I'll do ladies first. I okay. think. Women, ladies, girls, gals, uh, we got to stop talking smack about each other. And this isn't like everyone. Obviously, there, I, I have a lot of amazing, wonderful, beautiful female friends. But I feel like in terms of gossip, like, is it true that women have a tendency to maybe gossip more or talk smack? Maybe I'm just being like sexist here. Um, But I would love to see more women supporting each other and like uplifting each other. And like, you know, in a situation where maybe a guy cheats on his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. 
why is it that the girl always, or for a lot of the times, lashes out at the other woman and not at her man? And this is kind of like a loosely tied together (laughs) example to Mm -hmm. my point, but I'd love to see, you know, ladies understanding each other more, uplifting each other more, being there for each other, more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then men, uh, if there were fewer misogynists in the world, I would, I'd be a happy girl. So men, stop treating women like meat. Not all men. I feel like I always have to disclaim this. <laughs> but like, just imagine, you know, the way you're treating a woman. Imagine if that were your mom or if that were your sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now stop whatever bad behaviors you're doing. Yeah. And just, you know, be nice, be respectful. I just wish women would stop saying sorry so much when they don't really need to. Mm-hmm. And then men to start apologizing when they actually need yeah. to. And like apologize to apologize, but like don't apologize and then add like a but or like an excuse at the end to sort of explain why you did what you did and not really give mm-hmm. me the full apology because that doesn't really count. Actually, yeah, if I could change my answer to that. I would. I, I'm fully behind this. Like, yeah. yes. You ever see these like uh, jokes or like Instagram reels about this is me writing an email like a man and you take mm-hmm. out all the exclamation marks. You take out the, yeah. oh, if this finds you well, can you please like, no, just <laughs> take out the please, take out the can you just write it down. Please. Don't say best. <laughs> yeah. Don't say thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, you know, as women, we need to be more like men sometimes in the in the sense of like asserting ourselves more and like being less apologetic for sure I mean one quick one tip that I think we all can exercise is like say you're running late to a meeting in the Mm -hmm. past I'd be like sorry I'm gonna be like two or three minutes wait late but now I'm just like running for another meeting thanks for waiting we'll be there late yeah like thanks thanks in advance or like thanks for your patience replacing thank replacing sorry with a thank you yeah that's so true and it's something that you can implement now yeah no more sorries unless you actually you know drop the ball (laughs) exactly yeah okay our last question to round it out what is a double standard that you dislike hmm I dislike that when a woman is hardworking, when she's career-driven, she's a boss lady and she's killing it at her job, she is more often regarded as like heartless, stone cold, not family oriented. People always ask like, well, what about the kids? Are you gonna have kids? Like it always comes back down to their family and like how close they are to their family. Whereas when men do the same thing, they're seen as like cutthroat, aggressive in a good way and they're worshipped and they become promoted to ceo so i just those gender roles and that double standard of like women working hard versus men working hard Mm -hmm. i do not like that same it's interesting because at work we had this woman woman's panel and someone made a good point as to sometimes women choosing to work it's not a choice like the rate in which inflation is rising you need the double income to have the lifestyle that you want and it's like they're not 
heartless bitches like they need to do what they need to do for their family so we need to stop putting uh what's that word like a working moms in a category that has a negative connotation to it because that's not fair what about you well i don't know if this counts but using a woman's period as (laughs) as an excuse as to why she's acting out or the double standard body, of body hair. hair. Like mm. sometimes, you know, I just it's been a couple of weeks and I since I've shaped my armpit hair, I just want to let them free. <laughs> like, mm. why why can men just you know, walk around with some um, hair sticking out? Even though I do prefer like like everything shaved. That's just a personal preference. But if women choose not to do that, that should be celebrated and respected too. <laughs> Yeah, totally agree there. And it's like appearance between men and women, mm-hmm. the the standard for like how you show up is really weird to me cuz nowadays if a woman shows up with bare face no makeup, it's like you look tired, you look different, whatever. Yeah. With guys they'd never get that probably, I don't know. It's like we're expected to always keep up a natural makeup appearance Mm -hmm. um and like a lot of guys don't realize that when women look like they're not wearing makeup like (laughs) they're still wearing a a little bit of makeup makeup. yeah yeah so that's another double standard dear future versions of hannah and heidi if you're listening we hope your 30s are better than your 20s If you're a sentimental person, or if you just want to try out a fun little experiment this week, uh, write a time capsule letter or record a video to your future self. You can check out the link in the description for some resources. Thanks for joining us this week. Love ya, BBs.